Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI. Yeah, let's go. This is awesome. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Your Voice First podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest. Today is the founder and CEO of You. Mo. You is a neuroscience technology company. I remember first met up with Mo, I think over a year ago at Rev1 Venture Capital Firm. You is one of the most ambitious and innovative companies I've seen coming out of Columbus, Ohio. Mo, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Pat. I want to cut right to the chase. It's COVID-19. You is a neurotech company. And right now we've seen more stress and anxiety from people being quarantined than ever before. How is you helping uh, adapt to solve the problems created by COVID-19 with more people than ever being stuck inside? Yeah, that's a, a great, great question. Um, so this is interesting because wherever we go, we always have a brain. Um, we're never without the brain. In fact, if we're without a brain, then we're without the universe as a whole, such that there is no you. Um, and so a lot of stress um, is emergent from the misalignment of how you represent yourself, um, how you judge and value yourself. Where is that coming from? And so you, the brain company, what we aim to do is we create new types of brain stimulation and neurotechnology devices. We're investigating them for uh, many, many types of psychiatric disorders, uh, mostly targeting major depressive disorder, general anxiety, bipolar. Um, and so, Right now, we're in the midst of conducting more clinical trials. And as a company, we wish we can just hand out the devices uh, we have to uh, the people who are suffering greatly uh, during being isolated in this uh, pandemic, um, having a high amount of stress, uh, maybe not having the most amount of self-control, considering the fridge is always right next to you. Um, but um, we have to make sure that to serve as many people as we possibly can, we have to move through the FDA in a very legal type manner. Um, what I can say is that because of the pandemic, we've had an increase of interest in the company and what we do. And we are supporting local communities, reaching out, telling them about our work and providing optimism in the future, such that if something like this happens again, or if, uh, the ramifications of this still linger in the mind, uh, causing illness that we will be there to serve them. Let's talk more about you. Tell us yeah. about what is, what is the product um, for people that aren't already aware? What can it do for them? Um, what's like the elevator pitch or the intro to the, to you? Yeah. So you is a small brain stimulation product that you wrap around your head. Um, and it looks like a headband. Um, and it spends this small bits of electricity into the frontal lobe um, that helps alleviate, so far as we've investigated, um, aids in the alleviation of certain types of ailments like stress, anxiety, or depression. Um, now, we're still moving to the FDA, and we're still investigating it a bit further. But um, what we've seen is that we built a device that can assist with uh, cognitive functions. So it's a small headband-like device. It looks like a looks like a headband, like a basketball headband. Whoa! And when they wear that, 
they're like actually hacking their brain. Well, I wouldn't say <laughs> I wouldn't say they're hacking their brain. Uh, I say they're they're like giving a workout to their brain. So that's a way to look at it. Um, they're assisting their brain reaching reach their a different potential than what it had prior. Interesting. And what have you found so far from the people using it? Because you actually have a product ready that you can test now, right? Yeah, so we built a device um, and we have investigated it with uh, people who have consented towards the usage of the device volunteered. Um, So far, we've seen a 76% improvement in mood in uh, initial volunteers uh, after four weeks of use of the device, um, which is really good. As some people were suffering from major depressive disorder, others with general anxiety, uh, bipolar disorder, psychosis. Um, and we are really, really happy with these initial results. We've made a substantial improvement in their lives, um, in a very, very cost effective and safe manner. In fact, we had thousands of hours of device, uh, usage with no, uh, adverse side effects reported except for skin tingling. Interesting. 76% increase in mood from four weeks of using it. Yeah. So, um, and that was 20 minutes every single day. 20 minutes a day. That's now I interesting. I could be like sitting down and I could meditate or I could pray, but this I could, what can I, could I just be like sitting and eating my breakfast and getting kind of the same benefits that I would be getting from a meditation or a prayer with you? So what I've noticed with this device with me personally, as I've been using it, it's like, it is like accelerated meditation. I'm really in the moment now. Very, very, very in the moment. In fact, in the first few weeks of me using it, it was a substantial difference in my mind um, about how I've changed. Um, It's like my mind became more in tune with things. Um, And so I couple it with meditation. I know some people who couple it with meditation. I meditate separately from the usage of this device. But yeah, no, it's so accessible. You can use it when you're kind of sitting down eating breakfast or something. It's just a headband. I would love yeah. to try that. I didn't think about it. Have you heard from people that use this device while meditating? Yes, yeah, so I've heard people use this device while meditating. Um, a big thing about this device is it induces something called interhemispheric coherence, um, which means it helps balance out the activity um, in both hemispheres in the frontal lobe, such that the communication of the hemispheres in the frontal lobe is more balanced, essentially. Um, And a primary goal with meditation is to be centered, you know, is to not be overactive in one area and not to be underactive in another. It's to uh, just be in the middle of all, right, in between the thoughts. And so... Mm -hmm. This really assists uh, with that concept from a physiological perspective because you're myelinating the tracks that are spanning uh, both hemispheres such that when natural activity in the brain emerges, um, it propagates along these tracks equally. Um, And so when I say it's an accelerated form of meditation, what I felt for me um, is just that I feel more 
balanced um, after I use the device and the more I use the device. And meditation becomes much, much easier um, with the continuation of the device. Let's talk about finding your voice. You helps people to unlock parts of themselves that they didn't have before, finding calm, finding that balance, hemis- interhemispheric coherence. Yes, Did I yeah. get that right? Interhemispheric, finding balance activity in the frontal lobe. Can you talk at all about some of the people that you've helped? Like, what is, a, what is an example? What's a case study of someone that's you've helped find their voice? You've helped unlock this. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I can speak about many people. I'm not going to name names. Um, keep it, uh, but for, can I speak about myself? Is that something? Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I was suffering from bipolar disorder and severe bipolar. Um, used to get into psychosis, have these hallucinations, these auditory and visual hallucinations. It was very bad. It was very difficult. Um, and it was very difficult for me to function in school and in society. And nothing was seeming to work. You know, there was nothing at all, no medication. Um, I, I didn't really know what to do. And so I always felt as though my my personal voice was just discombobulated. You know, it was everywhere. Um, and it was in one place too, because I could see, because I had, I was doing a lot of research on the brain and the mind. Um, cause I have a, uh, I love to read about this stuff. Um, I seem to be wanting to fix myself um, and help myself by not knowing exactly how. And so I built the device, and the device, and I'm being very serious, uh, changed my life 2,000%. Like, this device, like, I don't even know who I am without the device, to be completely honest with you. Um, it changed my life completely. It changed my life so much. Um and tell us more yeah, yeah. like like describe kind of like the day to day have you noticed those bipolar thoughts and those stress no, thoughts oh, are I they no are they disappeared yeah. or do you see them in a different yeah, light in fact the big thing that happened was uh one day so i used to have these reoccurring thoughts of a pulling out like a gun and aiming it at my head and pulling the trigger right and so I don't have a gun. I don't own a gun. I've never owned a gun. So I have no idea of like really where that thought came from. But I've always had this thought. And I kid you not. This is actually the biggest moment. And I kind of I wish I can revisit that moment because it was such an enlightening experience. <laughs> but I, I, I have these thoughts all the time. Recurring thought all the time, right? I was using the device. And I think the second week in, so like the 12th, 13th, 14th day, something like that, I just used it. And that thought came up in my head, and I, sw- I s- this was amazing. I swear, uh, my other hand in the picture reached for the hand on the gun and immediately pulled it down. And I was like, "What?" And I literally freaked out. I was like, "What is?" Because I didn't have the intention to do that. And it's like the image did it by itself. I. S- it was the most incredible thing. I had no idea how it even happened. I have no idea how it even happened. Um, but that was the biggest moment when 
I that's when I knew I was like, whoa, something is definitely up here. I had no idea was I the image evolved upon itself and adjusted itself. And I've never had a suicidal thought uh, since. Um, uh, well, I've had uh, so I've never had suicidal thoughts. I was my brain kept adjusting at that point and getting more positively after that. You know, um, embracing that growth mindset of love, uh, um, being more enlightened, loving the universe. Um, and my life changed. I, I have so much energy right now. I have so much self-control. It's maybe ridiculous how much self-control I have. So much discipline to get the things that I need to do done. Um, and I love it. I love I my ego is law. You know, I used to be very egocentric, you know, um, to care for myself, to make sure that uh, I always have a sense of big, large self to uh, – uh, what's it called? Uh, balance out my uh, bipolar, you know, that having a big self uh, would fix that. And so that I got erased, you know, I'm happy with who I am. I love myself. Um, so, yeah. Let's talk about how it's, how else it's been impacting other people. It helped you to find focus. Um, we both know Kahan and when Kahan, our shared friend was using it, he was saying how much, more focused it was able to make him and how much more calmer it made him feel throughout the day. Have you been able to maintain any community throughout COVID of, of other people that are testing your devices to try to see, Hey, during this quarantine, how have you noticed any difference in, in how the devices are affecting people? Have, have you started to, have you collected any of that data since quarantine started? So I have not, so we do have some, there are some individuals, yeah. So Kahan is awesome. Kahan is a beautiful person. I met him at Wave um, last year. Sometime around the time I met you, maybe a few months after. Um, and yeah, so he consented to use the device, tried it on, and I've been hearing good results. Um, and I'm very, very happy so far um, how he's been using it. Um, he. It does help with focus. It helps a lot with focus because it's primarily the executive functioning skills lie in the frontal lobe. Um, and so we don't have anything specific in terms of the COVID-19. I know uh, that it helps with general stress. Most of the initiation, so the people who've used the device so far have started the usage of the device many, many months ago. Nobody has really started it in the past one month, past two months. And so as the COVID uh, breakout happened, um, the people who have been using the device have been ready using it for a long time that they've picked up those, uh, what's it called? Uh, good habits to uh, combat the pandemic. So I'm not sure. Okay. I, I'm not that sure. Is, yeah, I'm not great. sure about the uh, virus specifically, the times of the virus specifically. Um, but uh, generally, we have seen very, very positive results. Yeah, mostly on the other effects or what I'm curious about. Like, they've been using this forever. Most people, when they're put into this isolative state, work from home, lose your job, they experience a lot of stress and anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Now, if people are using your technology on a regular basis and something like a depression happens or something like a national pandemic happens... How does it impact those people as compared to like 
the layman, like a Patrick Sweetman who's doing his best, but is not leveraging you technology. Yeah, no, you know? Pat's doing awesome, man. Um, <laughs> so how would so yeah, that's a good question. Um, it provides coping skills. Um, it provides self-discipline. Listen, the biggest thing about the device is that it allows for the mind to look back upon itself. Um, allows you to internalize things. It allows you to see things on the inside and on the outside uh, much more clearly. Brain fog is dismissed. Um, and I would love to see everyone use this device because it increases gratitude, empathy, your myelinating regions. You're increasing the white matter in the regions of the brain that have to do with empathy, altruism, and self-control, you know? Um, and so I would love if everybody on the entire planet could use this device. Um, and we're going to get there one day. Um, mm -hmm. But to the families uh, uh, being affected, people being affected by the virus um, and the possible recession that we're about to enter, um, I, I just want them to know that you just need to be patient uh, you know, there are solutions coming out um, soon that may be able to help you um, to always be optimistic, you know, to always have hope, always keep moving forward, right? To put your trust in something larger than yourself. Stay patient. Yeah. I love that. I love the line allows the mind to look in at itself. That's, it reminds me of this quote I've been focusing on recently. He who looks, he who looks out dreams, he who looks in awakens. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that. That's a, that's a very cool quote. Who said that? I'm trying to remember. I'm I'm trying to remember. So for right now, we'll okay, label it cool. anonymous. Um, it definitely it definitely belongs to someone, and I wish I wish I could assign that. Shifting into the next question, yeah. I wanted to talk about you plus voice. We met each other first at Rev One. And we were pitching. Actually, let, let's talk a little bit about where you was at at that time, because I'll give voice first a little bit of insight. This was just over a year ago. I want to say, what was it? March of 2019? Yeah, really around there. March, April. March, actually, because that's when we had the, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the thing with, yeah, 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 it's March. The lab, <laughs> the bunker lab. So we had this one, one exactly, customer, customer learning lab. lab. So we were there. And we were all going through this at the time. The company looked totally different for us. And we were talking about voice drive cleaner. And <laughs> yeah. we were trying to figure out. And, and we, were, we were up there arguing about it. And it was, it was like we were getting a lot of pushback, which was great. Because now Voice First is dealing with a lot of other stuff. But like at the time, what was you talking oh. about? Like how has you changed since the Rebel? Oh, so at that time, we didn't even have a device. So we didn't even build the first device yet. So a lot has changed. Wow, it's been a year, man. Wow, dude. Just about a year, which is crazy. Like, literally, this this timing for this podcast is yeah. perfect because it's been about yeah. a year. Uh, dude, that's so cool. Um, yeah, no, we have a device now. We have tons of safety data, like quite a bit, thousands of hours of safety data. Um, we have some... Uh, from the safety data effectiveness results. And now we're on the verge of running some more clinical trials, um, which is kind of big news for the company. Big, for, big step, big next step, excuse me. Um, and so, yeah, we have a device. That's the big thing. We finally built our minimal viable product. 
uh, we've expanded our team a bit more, bought a ton of new advisors, made a ton of new connections, shown this data. I started using the device finally. Um, I love it. Um, other people started using the device. They see some great results. So we are building traction um, and we are starting to feel the device, which is the most, it's not, there's two different, like thinking about the device, but then feeling the device, seeing what it does for you. So that's really awesome too. Tell me what your daily routine has been with the device. Like, is it every day? Is it at the same time during the day? Like, tell me, tell me about what your routine is like. What's your relationship like with the U device? Yeah. Uh, so I wake up every day at five. Um, from five to six, I lift and I either jog or do abs work because every other day. And then I uh, go shower, uh, come back, start meditate for 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes. Um, then I use the device for 20 minutes um, as I'm like reading initial research articles, research publications, or um, kind of answering some emails that I need to answer. After the 20 minutes is up, you know, go about my day a bit more, uh, do the work that I need to do. And yeah, that's the thing. The device has been so integrative into my life that it's just like a drinking coffee at this point. It's just, it's so simple. It's just, you put it on, you plug it in and you kind of forget about it. Um, so that's the real beauty of it. Wow. Wow. You have so much in your morning that I feel like a lot of people strive to build in. Like you have exercise, you have early wake up, you're, you're getting in a lot of the, the check boxes of a healthy morning. Did you have those before you started? I, using so I was attempting it before the device helped a lot before I used to. Oh, before I was a mess, man, <laughs> before I was trying. Um, so I, yeah, I started this company two years ago, but I started using the device within the last year. Um, so the device helped a lot. I had some morning routine, uh, prior, um, but the really after I started to find myself a bit more and after the device kind of to help my mental illness, um, I really started to be consistent and happy about waking up. I love waking up. You know, I love waking up every single day. It's the best part. I'm wake up. I'm, a, I'm alive, you know? Go about, drink my coffee, drink my water. Um, so I love waking up now. Before it was just like a drag. It was just like, oh my gosh, I got to wake up. This is crazy. Um, but now it's like five o'clock, let's go, you know, take action. So I am much more disciplined now. Yeah. That fire is admirable. Yeah. I think we all want more of that fire in the morning. That's, that's really admirable. Appreciate it. So back then, Rev1, you first heard about voice. If you hadn't before, you were like, okay, there's crazy dudes running around trying to do voice and dry cleaners, whatever. But at least your mind was, yeah. you messaged me on LinkedIn and you said, Hey Pat, I got some ideas about voice. Um, we could talk about it if you'd like, but the, the voice for empowerment you were talking about, or just you plus voice. I would love to know kind of uh, since then, how have you seen voice technology continue to accelerate as a trend? Yeah. So voice is important because you're transcending uh, the physical limitations of technology. Um, you know, the whole Apple philosophy was to reduce the amount of things necessary to get you to 
be a part of technology, you know, reducing the amount of ports on your phone, um, the keypad, just building a touchscreen, uh, the wireless cord on the earbuds, you know. And the next step is that voice technology and this integration with Siri um, and movement into things outside like Alexa, um, like Google Plus, I believe, um, or Google Home. Um, and so voice is the future, you know. Um, it's going to be very important when things become a lot faster and we need quick answers to things and or we need to do things or construct things outside of our local patch of space um, to uh, achieve a function, like uh, asking Alexa to, you know, uh, cool down the air conditioning or something like that at your house when you're at your work. Um, Especially right now with everybody's super or hypersensitivity to touch, the ability to not have to touch the world around you but to still engage and connect with the internet that I feel like more valuable tool now than ever before. So I'm, I'm curious, you are a very good man at hacking neuroscience and building technology around neuroscience. How do you see these two technologies merging of like brain technology and voice technology? Yeah, that's a very, okay. So the big thing with the brain um, is, or neurotechnologies is some people want to do invasive. Some people don't want to do non-invasive, right? To have a surgical thing or a non-surgical thing. And so the surgical devices out there, they can, they can really understand the activity in your brain way, way better than the non-invasive ones. Um, and so there's a lot of patients with uh, locked in syndrome, uh, maybe cerebral palsy, um, some form of, uh, disease that renders them uh, vegetative, where they receive invasive recording uh, electrodes. And these invasive electrodes, after enough machine learning analysis, can decipher the words that the patient um, may be trying to say. And so you can have people be able to communicate or write text on a screen or be able to control cursors on a screen with these implantable chips. And so obviously this sounds like cool. Yeah, this is like there's a privacy thing, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Now non-invasive is interesting, but non-invasive, they can't get that signal as well as the invasive because of the skin and the skull, you know, you gotta go through so many layers. And so the signal gets blunt, right? So what would be very interesting is to create high definition uh, bio, uh, to create high definition non-invasive recording mechanisms for the brain and for other markers like the heart, um, you know, uh, pulse, something that can measure your pulse and your wrist, uh, maybe some things that can, uh, measure uh, your breathing, how fast you're breathing, as well as simultaneously measure uh, uh, things on your head, uh, brain waves and such. And you can couple all these things together and be able to record uh, specific words through voice tech and write a machine learning algorithm such that the algorithm learns the specific physiological markers that determine when you're saying love 
or when you're saying words of empathy or when you're saying maybe words of anger, words of aggression, and be able to predict over time with the data coming from voice um, and recording apparatus and data coming from the biomarkers um, when you maybe be feeling a state of agitation. Um, and so this could be used to um, better mental health reach out such that we can know on we can know when you're feeling a really down few days and we can even hear through your words and your texts um, maybe the inclinations of your voice measuring from voice technology um, alongside with all these markers that you're suffering or you're maybe dealing with something. And on the flip side, you can use this voice technology to see when you're optimistic, when you're happy, when you're compassionate. I look at the biomarkers for that and train and teach and guide people to always to be in that state of service um, and keep reinforcing those positive habits. And so what I see is a union between voice and neuroscience and voice and kind of bio, uh, uh, biotechnology, biomedical engineering is utilizing the capabilities of measuring your tone of voice, measuring what you're saying, as well as what your heart and body is saying and seeing if they're aligned or off. Um, and then using that to provide some sort of good service. The ability to have an increased data infrastructure around your body to almost create like a digital twin of your body where you can not just see the person right there and say, okay, I see you, I see how you look, I see how you're affected but to have a digital representation that you could access anywhere, like your yeah, doctor? Yeah, so I even, so I, I was even more so. So obviously this is not gonna be a twin at all. You know, you're your own person. Um, but what I do see is this being something in which you can judge yourself from a positive perspective. You know, there's are many, there are many, many, many ways out there in which people judge themselves through the external world, right? They judge themselves through social media. They judge themselves through their friends. Um, they judge themselves through their family, um, through their doctor. You know, that's how they judge themselves. They judge themselves through religion, through spirituality, right? Many, many ways in which someone could judge yeah. themselves, right? How do I see myself, right? And so this provides something interesting because a big, big just, uh, conflict is the association of the brain and the association of the mind, you know? Maybe your body is saying one thing, but, you're, you're, but your mind is saying something completely else, you know? It's like you have these patients with depression who are in complete denial of them being depressed. Or you have somebody who is dealing with a trauma and they're just denying that this trauma is affecting them in any sort of way, right? Or an addiction disorder, that's a big thing. And so what this opens the door is it allows for a person to judge themselves through one, a objective biomarker perspective, and two, an emotional uh, uh, phononic perspective coming from voice. And so the first thing is that you're saying, oh, well, 
obviously I can tell I have high stress levels because my heart rate is all off. My uh, breathing is not uh, in synchrony to brain activity, yada, yada, yada. I can tell I'm stressed. But my voice, my voice, I'm, what I can hear from my voice is that I am completely denying that the fact that I'm stressed. I'm completely denying that there's a problem, right? Uh, uh, oh, wow. Another way to evaluate it is on the, on the flip side. So you have somebody who has maybe they're healthy, right? Healthy heart rate healthy brain activity, um, healthy, uh, what's it called? Uh, synchronized breathing, uh, calm. We can all measure, we can measure this stuff. And we can hear from their voice that the words that they're saying are articulate. Um, they are words whose uh, frequency is associated with empathy, right? Uh, these are people who are saying really positive, affirming things. And we can use that. We can use all these things, what they're saying, what they're writing, what they're, how they're breathing. And they can judge themselves from a deeper positive perspective. Um, that data could be utilized as a model for doctors to show patients who maybe are suffering um, to, uh, what's it called, to follow them as an example or to see what is good that's happening with them and try to reflect it across these other patients. Um, all this is allows for that infrastructure that you said um, to have a one, maybe a geographical uh, map where we see people, where are the hot spots for health and wellness and two, a more localized biometric map on an individual level and see whether or not this individual over time has been uh, kind of dancing with anxiety or dancing with any sort of wellness problem recently and be able to reach out to them to see if we can serve them in any way. I really love the points you made about invasive versus non-invasive. Because I had always considered voice technology a purely non... The definition of invasive and non-invasive in voice technology is different because people find Alexa constantly listening mm -hmm. super invasive. But your definition is, is it inside of my body or yes. is it outside of my yeah. body, right? So, yeah, my definition of invasive so, is whether or not we need to perform surgery or it has to penetrate your skin in any way. <laughs> or swallow it if you have to swallow it or something. But how much more effective it becomes when it is invasive, but the cost of that increased tracking is decreased privacy. Yeah, and right? um, I and there is a logistical nightmare to do invasive neuroscience stuff. I mean, what happens when there's a better chip in two months? What are you gonna do? Take your old one out and put a new one in? Like, <laughs> and you know, you have to go to the FDA. You have to have the surgeons oh necessary to put the thing, even if you have some sort of automated thing. No, it's crazy. Do you see that being where we're heading? Do you think that eventually, instead of us getting the newest iPhones that are coming out, we're constantly upgrading our brains with the latest no, chip? I do not see that at all. Um, we are not going to head down okay. that route. In fact, um, there's a lot of leaders out there, a lot of CEOs out there that like to think about a dystopian future. And I think it's 
absolutely ridiculous to think about a dystopian future. Because if you think about a dystopian future, then you're going to create a dystopian future, right? Uh, yeah, so what you focus yeah, on. So, yeah, right? so we got to think of a utopian future, right? So I don't see anything invasive in the future. There are going to be some people who do invasive. However, um, not the healthiest thing. You know, it's not going to catch on. If you want to do invasive, you have to first start somewhere else. And um, invasive is, is, is invasive is just too difficult of a uh, business right now. Um, yeah, yeah. And the other interesting thing I thought you mentioned was the tracking of the yeah. objective biomarker versus the uh, what was it? Phen phenomic, the phenomics. Yeah, so the phenon voice? Well, I was thinking like a phonon. Yeah, phenomics is what it is. The sounds, the voice, of your, the sound of your voice, Maybe. as well as like what you're saying. It's like a yin and yang. The the, the physical quantitatives, the number of beats per minute, the frequencies that the voice is operating at, as well as the qualitative. Like I'm thinking right now, Google has these voice libraries. I've used them at hackathons. You build them into applications and then you send in a, a string or an audio file and then it returns a sentiment analysis. Hey, based off of these words in this series, we predict that it's 92% angry, 12% calm. And like you can predict those kind of emotions and combining the quantitative with the qualitative to create an overall image of the human, I think is a very interesting perspective. You, you're bringing a lot in here, adding on to voice. And I think you're onto a lot when you're talking about this holistic body, like voice is a component of your vision. I think that, right. You speak it to reality. Is that what it is? You speak it to reality. Yeah. I, yes. Yes. Wow. You already know. I, you, you have all of these, in my mind, you have all these ideas bouncing around all day. You have to get it out into the world in some way. In one way is there's these awesome devices that can record your voice mm -hmm. at all times. And they're called a phone. And we're doing it right now in this podcast. And we're manifesting ideas with this and being able to say, look, that is a concrete object of an idea. And it, we put it out in this form. Yeah, this is Mo in sweets jamming in a podcast. This is, this is, this is a one step of manifestation. Like, and it's coming out of Ohio. I want to, yeah. I want to pay some respect to one higher power, Ohio. Like this is a unit. We're just a smaller component. of. I said, yeah, we love Ohio, man. Ohio's awesome. What was that? There's great ideas there's coming out of Ohio. There's, there's a neuroscience, a, a neurotech company coming out of Ohio. Yes. So I want to flip it back on you for COVID trends, totally. thinking, moving forward out of this. This is accelerating a, a lot of trends, and this is going to have effects on the world after uh, COVID-19, like after the quarantines list lifted. There will still be some things that have changed. This is like the depression in the 1930s. Oh, yeah affected the world for the next hundred years. My grandma keeps food in her freezer from forever, even if it's expired because she operated yeah. off of a mindset of, of scarcity. Like how, what, what kind of trends do you think are going to come out of this that are going to emerge and continue to grow in the post quarantine? Oh, yeah, world? totally. So, um, so first thing I would say is that people are kind of forced to look in on themselves more. Um, they're not they, like they're, the world's come to a halt. There's not really much people can do right now. Um, and so people are just like, all right. Um, I now that I'm spending more and more time with my family, I'm kind of understanding who I am on a deeper level outside of work, you know? And so 
that's very interesting. Um, I totally think people are starting to understand what it means to be productive, what it means to be successful. Because I remember like the first few days of the like a virus epidemic and everybody was like forced to lockdown. Everybody got super excited and started writing articles about how to be a leader during the pandemic, how to be productive during the pandemic, how to get more done during the pandemic. Everybody was doing this. Like everybody was an like everybody was an expert on the first day of the pandemic. I was like, what? How do you know like what to do? <laughs> What do you mean you're a leader in the pandemic? You've never experienced this before. Nobody's experienced this before. There's nothing, you know, you're not an expert here. Neither am I. No one's an expert here, right? So it was so interesting to see people are just like, this is the right course of action, you know? This is how you should handle your business. Um, and so what I've learned is everything that you do is just how you talk to yourself. Um, the things that you do in your world, uh, you, you things that you do that are an extension of you is just how you talk to yourself, what you want to see in yourself, right? And so we all want to find your voice. Um, you know, we all want to serve more. Um, and so what the virus did is it taught us that success is nothing, nothing to do with your business at all. It has nothing to do with your business. It has nothing to do with your LinkedIn life, your professional life. Um, it's much more deeper than that. It's personal. It's internal, right? Um, and so I think that I'm going to see, we're going to see in the future is that people are going to go back to work and, you know, two things could happen, right? One is that we all go back uh, and really start going hardcore again and everybody's like meeting everybody else, you know, uh, meetings are rescheduled, things are traveling and stuff, right? That happens and we are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are we just going to forget all the stuff that happened in the pandemic and just pretend like, productivity and success is right um or b we just forget about everything we go back to work and we're like oh this is the new normal the pandemic we can push aside we can get through anything um and it will never happen to us, to us again mm. and so what i'm leaning towards is um you know humans i mean we we're going to like forget old values for sure but this has really changed your psyche a lot you know this has really taught us what it means to be productive what it means to live really um we now know we can live off of a lot less than before uh, than we realize um so I don't know. This pandemic is going to do a lot. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen. Um, yeah. I really like your optimistic outlook on it. You, you're you not out here describing how the world's coming to an end. You're, you're talking about how we're yeah, going to learn well, I mean, what it means to well, be I mean, productive. What are we all aiming towards? <laughs> like, 
that's a big thing too. Like, what are you productive for what? To make more money? To do what? Like, you don't have a, like, you are, there are people out there who have so much money, right? And now they're just trapped in their house. So <laughs> now, now what are you doing with your money? So, yeah. We're all dealing yeah, with yeah. the same problems, our own endemic. It's been a blast chatting with you. For people who want to continue following along with you or who want to get connected with you, Mo, um, what would you say is the best way for them to do that? You know, check out our LinkedIn, you know, contact you and then you can forward them to like our site or me. Um, I mean, if you want to learn more, you can reach out. Like I'm pretty open uh, to calls, emails. I, care. I know what it's like to reach out. Um, I care about people. Um, and so, yeah, just reach out on LinkedIn, Mo Applesoud, Muhammad Applesoud, you, the brain company, uh, you, the brain company, Columbus, Ohio, if you want to learn more about neurotechnology and stuff. Um, and if you don't reach out, Hey, you're still an awesome person, you know? I'll be sure to include both of those links in the show notes. Mo, do you have any final words before we end the episode today? Anything else you want to put out? A lot of people are, this episode's going to go out tomorrow. So it's going to be out right in the midst of COVID-19 quarantine. Oh, any boy. final thoughts to send <laughs> off our listeners? Um, uh, uh, you know, go walk around in nature. I don't know. Yeah, walk, walk more. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty out. Uh. Hey, and if you're dealing with something, I keep forgetting, you know, I, I have a different state of mind. With this device, I have a very different state of mind. I'm much more calm, much more in tune. If you are suffering right now from a mental illness, um, just be patient. Um, be patient, you know. We're here to serve you. We're here to serve you. That's our goal. So be patient in uh, this whole time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Thank you, Mo. Enjoy the warm day. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI.